On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to another edition of the Bring the Juice podcast, and welcome to Draft Week. I'm your host, Cody Foger. Joining me, a friend of the show, Jack Borowski. Jack, thanks for coming back on, buddy. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's exciting. It's kind of weird. Like, when we think about the NFL draft, it's always like, all right, it's a week away or whatever. But I think this year is probably the most anticipation we've ever had for a draft because there's nothing else going on. And I'm assuming ratings are going to be off the charts. And I think everyone, casual fans, people who don't love football are just going to watch it because it's going to be the main event that we haven't had in such a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of with this edition, Jack, I want to do something a little bit different, a different unique perspective for some of our listeners, kind of looking at potential, some potential trade partners for the Colts, whether that be the Colts trading up in the draft or the Colts trading back in the draft. So I thought that we could start here with the trade-ups and kind of looking what are some teams, Jack, that you think could be some potential trade-up? It would probably have to be, you know, we could start with the first round potentially or even, you know, further on in the draft. What are some teams you think could be, could be potential trade partners for the Colts here in 2020? Yeah, I think to start for the Colts, it depends on what their draft strategy is. And I think there would be two options that I feel like stand out at this point. The first one being when I look at pick 18 with the Miami Dolphins. And I think based off of how draft mock drafts are going and how I value each player, I think by pick 18, you're starting to get to the end of first round value. So I think Mm -hmm. if you're going to be targeting Jordan Love, that would be the sweet spot. I don't see him going. I think his range right now is the Raiders at 19 are an interesting option. You never know with the Patriots. Do the Saints want to get their next quarterback? Is there another team that's looking to trade up and knows Miami has 14 draft picks? They're not going to be taking 14 players. So I think Mm -hmm. the Colts, if you're going to want to be aggressive, maybe 13 wasn't great for love. But if you realize, all right, we have a lot of pieces in place. Let's go get that 18th pick. So we skip ahead of all this grouping of teams that might be interested in him. Do I think, based off of where they're at right now, it's the best move that would allow them to succeed? Not necessarily. I think that, obviously, we talked about last time, wide receivers, tight ends, that's more important. But you think about the future and longevity, you want to have your future guy. So I think training up to 18, I think you'd obviously have to give up your picks 34 and then a third-round pick potentially. I think it's I think 75 and 34 could be worth it because you don't get so many opportunities to take a quarterback with gloves upside. And Miami's at 18. They might have a guy, but 
they might feel like, all right, 18, we might be targeting a tackle. We could potentially get one of them at 26. Or, hey, are we just going to kick things down the curb to 2021 because we don't know what's going to happen this season? And I also think I've seen Love fall to 34 in mock drafts. But if you if there are trades involved, a quarterback of that caliber, caliber I think most teams have them at worst, the late first-round grade, and that's going to bolt them up. So I think 18 right now is a trading spot if you want to get Jordan Love. It changes everything with the draft. It creates a situation where you're going to have potentially only one second-round pick, or if, if you have to become, I don't know, I think two twos would obviously be a little much, but you never know what the asking price is. And I think if you like Love enough where – he wasn't. The, we thought DeForest Buckner added enough value. I think it's all hypothetical, but it's going to change things in your draft and make it where you got to rely on some of those younger players. So personally, do I think this happened? No. I think if you actually like Love, you would have stayed at 13. A quarterback value is so much bigger than a defensive tackle. That's just the nature of the position and positional value. So I think that it's more of a hypothetical. This next option for a trade-up, I think, is a lot more, logistically speaking, has a greater chance of happening. I think trading up from 34 to 31, we know it's the 49ers again. You just traded with them. But it makes sense. When you look at the back end of the first round, I think that the 49ers, they have two first-round picks, and then their next draft pick's a fifth-rounder. They're not, they're not sticking with two first-rounders and then taking a guy, especially when you're not able to meet with these players. There's a lot less face time that you're, gonna, you're actually FaceTiming with them, but the actual idea of getting to know these players, it's a lot less. Once you get fifth, sixth, seventh round, we're going to start to see teams taking chances on guys potentially that they haven't had that same time with as other drafts. So you're going to want more picks. So I think... 34, and then a potential fourth or another fifth-round pick to move up to 31. And why do that? So when I look at this Colts team and where they're at, we talked about it. Wide receiver is that key position. And I'm looking right now, you have the top three guys who are all going to be off the table unless the Colts want to trade up into the top 20. Yeah, Ruggs, Judy, Lamb, all will be gone. Justin Jefferson's that fourth receiver the consensus has him right now. I see him off the board by pick 25-ish, 26. He's going to be gone. So then you get to Denzel Mim, Jalen Rager, and Brandon Ayuk are in that next tier of three guys. I think Chenault used to be in it. The injury concern, is he mature enough? There are a few more issues regarding Chenault. So I think you have this tier of three wide receivers, and I think you have the top three. Justin Jefferson's in his own mid-level tier in comparison. And then you have these next three wide receivers. We know Chris Fowler loves senior bowl guys. If Mims is on the board, Rager, we know the production wasn't there, but we see the potential he has. And Ayuk, who's my favorite out of the bunch, is someone who I think has a lot of potential and could be that big-time wide receiver that they need. He might not be six foot four, but his catch radius, when you look at his wingspan, it's off the charts. He's going to be a big-time target for Phillip Rivers. So you trade up from 34 to 31. Why I would do that? This offseason, OTA training camp, we don't know what's going to happen. With this coronavirus, it's created a situation where everything's either going to be shortened 
or it's not going to be the same as usual. So these players who you're taking high in the draft, their first season, we're going to see, especially rookies usually aren't good. We know the Colts have had a lot of success, especially Clinton Nelson, you think Braden Smith, a ton of success. But in general, rookies take a little bit of time to develop. So you get that fifth-year option, which is why I think trading into the first round, because Rager, he might not be it right away, and you don't want to be nervous about, all right, we only got three years left of him. We kind of wasted a year because of the situation that everyone was placed into. So I think being able to move up, and also you probably get your guy. I think that's the situation. Like There's a lot of teams that I think could be targeting a wide receiver in that same tier. So we know that the 49ers probably, if they're going to target receiver, might be 13. I don't see them taking one at 31. Do the Chiefs take one? But I think like Vikings have 22 and 25. They're probably taking one. You never know. Baltimore could potentially take one again. Green Bay at 30. I think that 31, you're going to get one of those three guys. You're going to get Rager, Ayuk, or Mims. And I think Ballard would love any of the three. So I think for the first round, that would be the trade up that makes sense. And one of the reasons why I think the loved ones more of a hypothetical, if in the last month or so after they got to Fort Buckner and they realized, oh, we, we actually love Jordan Love. <laughs> we think he could be a quarterback of the future. Trade up to 18, I think that's a perfect spot. If not, I think, you, I think if you want a first round caliber type player, you don't want to be nervous sitting there at 34, hoping one of the seven top receivers falls to you. I think that you go address the receiver position in the first round, get that fifth year option and get one of the guys who you like. Cause I think all three of them have a ton of upside win in their own areas. It would be a huge addition to a Colts team that outside of T.Y. Hilton, I'm not super impressed with any of their weapons. Yeah. You, I totally did not even like consider that, and that's something a good point that you brought up. You know, the first round picks all get that fifth year option, and anywhere after that, they do not. And so, that's definitely an interesting thing. Um, you mentioned that 49ers. What, what do you think it would take to move up? I mean, it's only you know, a couple couple picks before the Colts' second round pick at thirty four. What do you think it would take to move up to get you know that potential 49ers pick there at thirty one? I think of. I think right now, if I'm being conservative and saying you're going to have to give up more, I think a fourth is where I'm I'm at right now. I think that when I look, I think a fifth wouldn't do it. I like when I was putting into cal- the calculator and thinking of all right, what could get them from 34 to 31? Because you know it isn't in, on paper a huge jump when you think about it. It's a few picks. You're getting that fifth-year option, but how are you going to convince the 49ers that this is three spots down, but you're still getting draft value? You're not getting a ton, but I just think when you're looking at the Colts' draft picks, you have one fourth-round pick. It's 122. I think that does it. And when I think about this year's draft class as a whole, you have a fifth, two six, and a fourth. I'd be trading if, – if you find a team who's dumb enough be willing to take two sixths and a fifth. I take anything and try and move up. Move up, move up, move up is what I'd be doing in this year's class because you want more guys who went to the combine, more guys who went to the senior bowl. We're going to see players, I think of 
these guys, these small school players, not necessarily small school, but the guys who haven't been invited to the combine or were at a smaller game, lesser than the Shrine Bowl. Maybe it was a college gridiron showcase or the Tropical Bowl. Like guys like that who Kenny Moore we talk about as a Valdosta State type player where it's a lot different situation if Kenny Moore is in the 2020 draft. We know you're going to find talent like that. And we know he was undrafted, but things of that nature happen where you get six, seventh round picks who aren't necessarily, they went to Alabama senior bowl guys. You're trying to find valuable players and you just can't do that because you can't look at the medical and how are you going to draft a player? Yeah, it tapes great. What if he's got a bad knee that I don't know about? And that's a waste of a draft pick. How am I going to do that? So I think right now a fourth round pick would easily get it. And they're in a situation, the 49ers, where I think they're going to be desperate to trade away 31. And there's going to be other suitors there. I think that when you're back into the first round, there's going to be other teams who value wide receivers and have more draft capital to give up, not necessarily a 34 and a fourth, but maybe a second and a later third or second and a fourth instead of that's potentially higher. That's one of those situations where it's going to come down to who's trading. But I think, you're not going to get away with a fifth because they have a fifth. They want more draft capital. You give them a few picks back. I think the second pick in the second round is really valuable when you think about things. Almost, I would say the Bengals, if you can get that 33rd pick, even if you're not the worst team in the league, just in general, you have the 33rd pick. You have every player not taking the first round at your disposal. We know teams tend to panic. <laughs> They're on the clock. You had three guys you're hoping to take. All three of them go right before your draft pick. And all of a sudden, you panic and you take the Giants' perfect example, Eli Apple. They were targeting Leonard Floyd and Jack Conklin. Both of them were taken. They panic, take Eli Apple. We see how that turned out. Mm-hmm. If you're the 33rd pick, you have everything at your disposal. All right, this is who we want. We have all day to decide. This is our pick. And then 34, and she kind of gave who they're potentially taking. Or if you have two guys who you consider at that point, you're going to get one of them. So 34 is a really valuable second round pick. Obviously it's high, but also the idea that you can be comfortable with who you're going to get. So I think that's one of those situations. They move back a few picks. They pick up another fourth rounder. They're in win now mode. So that idea of, all right, who are we going to get at 31 versus 34? Who's going to be a game changer? I don't really see it, especially if they're targeting a receiver at 13. So I think that's one of those situations where you give up 34 and 122. And the calculator, it went through. I don't know. Potentially, they could reject it on draft day. And I think you just sit pat at 34 then. I Mm -hmm. think like the the Packers at 30, Vikings, one of their picks, they're going to be taking a wide receiver. So you got to guarantee you get one. And you never know who's going to be trading up. The Chiefs could trade down. So I think you target as wide receiver at 31 and make another trade that benefits both teams with the 49ers and the Colts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now mentioning, you know, potentially trading back in the draft. Um, are there any situations or any scenarios that you see would make sense for the Colts to potentially, you know, trade back? So where I see them as a trade back candidate would be 44. If you get a receiver at 34, I think that's one of those situations because 
tight end and wide receiver, I think, if you want to have an explosive offense, this is 2020. You can only win so much with defense, especially if they don't have the Niners defense. They're, the Colts have a really good defense, but it's not like they have two elite pass rushers on both sides and two Pro Bowl-level cornerbacks like the Jaguars used to have, where you can throw out wide receivers who don't really add much, have a good run game, and make it deep, deep playoff runs. The Colts have a really balanced, solid group. They lack offensive elite weapons. They lack superstars on offense. And at 34, the only player I'd be targeting at tight end, and I know we didn't talk about this last time, but I did more research on Chase Claypool. Teams, I think, value him, wide receiver, tight end, second round. I think he's going to be that first guy who has the opportunity to play tight end off the board. I think Komet, Troutman, most teams, I believe, have third-round grades on him. I don't see them going or being worth the 45th pick. You talk about positional value. and You talk about taking the best player available. Don't reach on a tight end just because you need one. I think that would be an ill-advised decision. If Claypool, who very well could be gone before 44, I think that's a very possible idea of Claypool – you see the upside as a tight end. I know teams are comparing him to some of the top-tier players at wide receiver, and he also has that tight end flexibility. And he came, he's coming in there, and based on what I've seen, I don't think he's so far away from being an established tight end. And you get to pair him with Jack Doyle, that could be interesting at 44. If he's gone, you need a tight end. I think 75 is a perfect spot. I'd be moving down from 44. I think that you can get multiple draft picks. I think aiming to get another third round pick and then potentially another fourth round pick could be a really good idea or 2021 draft pick. If you get that wide receiver and you know, you're going to get a tight end of value at 75, I think it's one of those situations where yes, best if there's a best player available, who a guy who is a first round talent keeps falling and he's high in your draft board, you just take the best player available but if you realize, all right, we need a tight end. We don't love the guys at 44. I know Ballard has traded down in the past. I think this is one of those different years where that might not be the case. But just in my opinion, I see this as a situation where I, the 34 or trade up, I want a receiver. 44, I'd be happy moving down unless Chase Claypool is on the clock and they feel comfortable that he and Jack Doyle can be a really good duo for Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. I'm curious on your take, and this isn't really about trading up or trading down, but how about a guy like Hunter Bryant? I know there's two Bryants in this draft, both play tight end. But Hunter Bryant is just an interesting guy to me because he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's only 6'2". I believe he's only like 240, 250 pounds. Um, he's, but he's kind of, you know, I, I've kind of looked at some scouting reports on him. A lot of the scouts are like saying he's basically, you know, kind of going back to Chase Claypool a little bit. He's basically just a, a wide receiver almost in a way um, where he's just like a big slot receiver. What's your take kind of on, on him? So I think when I look at him, I, I see him in like, I think I liked his film. I didn't think it was anything special. I think his 40 time, it was pretty slow. And that kind of makes me nervous. He's not going to add anything as a blocker. I think Clay Poole has the chance to develop as if he can gain 10 or so pounds, I think he can add value as a blocker. And I, I, I mean, watch him at the senior bowl. I thought he blocked very well. Mm-hmm. Hunter Bryant, like, I think he's an option if 
I don't see him being one of those guys who I love in this year's draft. But heck, I don't love any of the tight ends. So I think if he's fallen to the fourth, fifth round, which I think is very possible, I think he could fall to the fifth round easily because his testing was not very good at all. He, he did not test in what you would think of an athletic pass-catching tight end who had a really successful collegiate career, has put up solid tape. But when you take everything into account, I think teams are going to be nervous about what what am I going to get in Hunter Bryant as a whole package? Because he's not this athletic freak. He has had some concerns in terms of his testing numbers. And he's not going to have anything as a blocker. He's a pure pass catcher. And I know, I think that is something where you could value in today's game of football. It's just one of those things where if you have Jack Doyle, who has the ability to be a complete tight end, do you pair him with a guy like Hunter Bryant, who... Yeah, I mean, he ran a 4.75, and that's not great. But, like, I think he could be an option. I wouldn't want him second, third. It's 122 might be a stretch, but he doesn't add. Like, he doesn't try and block. He's, like, his tape. It was, like, I like this tape in comparison to the rest of this class, but when I talked about it earlier... Don't just take a tight end because you need a tight end. I think that's one of those things where I'd rather take a Troutman or a Komet at 75. I think Komet could be gone earlier, but I think Troutman at 75, I'd rather him than Hunter Bryant. I think 122 or fifth-round pick is where I'd be targeting him. He just adds nothing as a blocker, and I didn't think his testing was good enough to be, all right, he's just going to be an elite pass catcher. I think there's still some inconsistencies there. Sure. Sure. I'm curious also, the last thing I'll ask you here, are there any guys on the Colts' current roster you think could potentially be on the move for some more draft picks here? So I think, in my opinion, and people I've spoken to within the league, I wouldn't want to trade anyone on my current roster. I just think with what is taking place right now, I'd rather trade draft picks for other teams' players because – I know what I'm going to be getting in them. I think with this draft class, the Colts are in win-now mode. I mean, yeah, there could be some, like, I think you could potentially trade someone if if the value is just too high. But I think teams are going to be, like, I think this year, teams are going to be trading a lot of their draft picks to try and get proven talent because you're not getting that same off season it's going to be a weird one for rookies and rookies already aren't very good most of the time they take time to develop and you're just going to throw them in there for week one of the regular season that's just not going to work out so in terms of would I trade anyone I would try and keep my roster as is and try and find guys who I think like a Brandon Ayuk who can come in but if I can get him in the first round I know I get five years out of him or in the second round a guy who I think can come in and contribute. Troutman, I think, if you get him in the third round, the tight end who can come in and play day one. I just think I'd be so nervous if I'm a GM right now of what's going to happen. Like We don't know anything. Like It's this huge gray area. Like, are they going to play without fans? Are they not going to play? What's going to happen? Is there going to be training? Like, when are they going to do? There's going to be no OTAs. There's going to be, how are they going to do training camp? It seems like, the coronavirus is really impacting things. So in my opinion, thinking about 
what the Colts should do. If you're going to want to do a trade involving players, be the one getting guys who already are established in the NFL and are at the weight and have the proper nutrition because these rookies, they're not training properly necessarily right now. Yes, you're allowed in facilities and things of that nature, but it's not the same. You're still quarantined. There's still a lot of concern. If you're not getting up there, you're going to come in out of shape, especially if you're not an athletic freak already, which is you're not going to get one of those in the second, third round where the Colts are currently positioned. So for me personally, if I'm a GM, I don't want to give up anyone just because long-term probably is the right move, but the Colts, I think, have a good chance to win this division or be a playoff team. And I don't want to potentially give up a player and then in return get a draft pick this year who might not get to play on the field because of other circumstances, not because they can't get there, but because when you're not having a normal offseason, it just creates one of those situations where I'd be, I'd want as few draft, I'd want more high draft picks and as few draft picks as possible this year because you just have no idea what's going to happen. So if the Colts, like I said, move up into the first, maybe 75, 122, keep moving up, moving up. Because if you get four or five guys in this year's draft class or a stockpile for next year, if they have a season, I mean, there's so many hypotheticals. I think it's one of the tougher things. If you told me this last year, I'd be like, all right, trade this guy if you can get a second or a third round pick for him. Trade this guy because I think that in two years, this other player is going to be good. It just makes me really nervous to sit here and say, I think the Colts should trade away anyone because you already have established players. And now you're going to try and bring in guys who you don't know if they can play. And I think as a win now team, that would be my concern. So, yeah, just in general, just like summing it up, I think that in terms of trading, I'd want to move up as much as possible because of the lack of face time and the idea that most of these guys won't be able to come in and contribute. First-round picks usually do, but after that, it usually takes some time for these guys to come in and develop. So as a Colts team that's in win-now mode, I'd be trying to get as many established players, we saw that they did that with DeForest Buckner. You got an established player at 13. Yeah, you could potentially get Kinlaw at the same pick, but is Kinlaw going to come in and produce like a DeForest Buckner? Is any rookie going to come in and be able to produce like they normally do just because of it's going to be kind of a shock that you're going to get in there and it's new for everyone and you also have less time to prepare? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that all makes sense. Well, thanks, Jack. Unless you have anything else, any other trade scenarios, uh, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate you coming on. The draft's coming up quickly, man. It's going to be exciting. How are you going to be watching the 2020 draft? Uh, I guess like on my t- like on my TV. I think it's one of those weird things. Uh, I think I'm going to be doing a few things for different uh, for the draft sites, just kind of hopping on zooms or facetimes or things of that nature to kind of talk about it because i think everything's going to be digital now it's not like no one's going to want to just sit there and watch goodell give picks in their basement i think it's one of those things we have a lot of technology available i think keeping it up on twitter and things of that nature is kind of what i'm going to do but it is one of those things it's it's a, everything in this year's draft has just been off course and it's just one of those things but i think it's going to be an awesome draft because we have no sports right now. There's literally nothing going on, and everyone loves sports. 
I mean, people were dying to get baseball back and their numbers have been declining for years. So you'd realize the NFL draft that does more in ratings than most NBA playoff games. It's going to be one of those things. It's going to be the most watched draft ever. I think it's great for the draft community because you're able to pump out a lot of content right now and people want it because they got nothing else. And I think it's one of those years. It's a top-heavy draft. There's a lot of really talented young players. Unfortunately, they won't have the same offseason, but I think it's going to be it's going to be fun to like watch it. And I think just the progression, I, I know I've been, I started my podcast way back in July and just kind of seeing how everyone's rankings have changed. When you think about the rise of Joe Burrow and players like that, and then Chase Young's dominant season. And then you got other guys like LaVisca Chenault, who is considered a top 10 pick. Now is he going to be a first round pick? It's just, it's going to be really interesting to see those guys who we all projected as first-round picks coming into the year, or even first-round picks we project now are high-caliber players whose teams, it wouldn't, the draft wouldn't be fun if everyone just went, all right, he's the 12th player on most people's boards. We're going to just take him with the 12th pick. As well as yeah. things, teams are going to be trading. They're going to be taking guys who we never expected. And I think it should be, it's going to be a lot of fun, and it should do great for the NFL in a time where everyone wants something related to sports. Yeah, for sure. And I just dropped my latest mock draft and and I kind of was like, you know, I kind of want to spice it up a little bit. Um, I'm kind of of the belief that you look at, you know, historic drafts where there's a position that has a ton of depth, for example, for you look at the wide receiver position this year. And I was like, well, you know, because of this and because of the potential run on offensive tackle, what if a guy like Justin Jefferson fell to the Colts there at 34? You know, what if just because there's those top end talent guys, a guy like that projected to be a you know, 20 in the, within the 20 flips all the way to the second round. It's just exciting because you just have no idea. You can project all you want, but at the end of the day, we've seen it. It seems like every draft, one guy who everybody's like, it's a first round pick inevitably slides somewhere. So um, super exciting, man. Super exciting. I, I, thank you for coming on, Jack. We appreciate you coming on as always. We'll, we'll have to reconnect after the NFL draft. Um, it's officially over this weekend, but thanks, man. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on Cody. I really appreciate it. All right, man. Take care.